0: Consumer Cellular. When Freedom Calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5GB data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? If I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on shame on you. <laughs> It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine.
1: Hello,
2: Ben.
3: Greetings from Ohio.
0: What's up, Travis from Ohio and Fernando. How you doing, Fernando?
3: I'm doing good. Hey, Travis. Miss you, buddy. Miss you, Fernando. I hope you're taking good care of Puffin. I know you are.
0: He really did a fantastic job taking care of Puffin. Thank you. When we were in Red Rocks, Fernando took care of both of my dogs. Speaking of dogs, a little bit later on in this episode, we speak to Pete Paxton. He is an animal abuse investigator. I know. Isn't this fun? (laughs) It's a really important conversation, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Pete does some badass stuff, legitimately goes undercover, risks his life uh, to help save the lives of animals all across this fine country of ours. So, Check out that interview. I think you'll find it informative. I'm a, still a meat eater, but it is important to remember these things, and uh, you know, just keep family factory farming and what happens within, specifically the factory farm. We have to remember what happens uh, behind those walls, and uh, and just keep that in mind as we consume, consuming, consume as a nation.
2: You know, we've really moved far away as a society from growing the food, you know, mm-hmm. uh, basically being the slaughter of the food we eat. So it's important to know what's happening to the the pig you're putting in your mouth, the cow, ooh, the, the chicken. Oh,
0: mama. Absolutely. So uh, stick around for the conversation with Pete Paxton. I think you will absolutely be fascinated. You'll love it. You'll cry, you'll laugh, and uh, most importantly, you'll learn something. And hopefully we come up with some solutions. Before we get to all of that, let's just talk briefly about what's going on in the world of the National Guard. I'm not sure if you guys heard this, but the National Guard, they're now allowed to shoot and kill protesters whenever they want, and I have a feeling most National Guard's folks don't particularly want to kill a bunch of people because it's an independent, supposed to be a civilian based branch of the United States military. Most of the people that I know that are in the National Guard are teachers or they are going for a different kind of profession. Very few of them, I think, uh, decided to become a National Guardsman because they wanted to murder people. But now, Thank God they can.
3: <laughs> well, uh, just a quick historical check, sir, right here in Ohio. Four dead in Ohio, 1970. Kent, that was the National Guard firing upon students uh, on the orders of Richard uh, Nixon and uh, really? our then Governor Governor Rhodes. And it was very controversial, as you could imagine. So I don't know if that was maybe, maybe they used to be allowed to shoot people. And then people were like, well, that was bad. And now they're like, mm, let's bring it back.
0: Well, this is according to a statement from the D.C. National Guard. Um, they're talking, this is him talking about uh, the use of lethal force. This is what they say. On January 12th, 2021, National Guardsmen were given authorization to be armed in support of the U.S. Capitol Police to protect the U.S. Capitol and individual members of Congress and their staff. So what they're using as the catalyst is the January six insurrection. But I think we know for a fact specifically after what happened with uh, the Derek Chauvin, George Floyd protests. Uh, Derek Chauvin, we're gonna talk about here in a second. Obviously, he's been sentenced to 22.5 years. We're gonna talk about uh, our reactions to that verdict. But we saw how the police acted during those protests in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. We saw how the police acted uh, during the protests in Washington, D.C. when Donald Trump went to go hold the Bible all wrong outside of that church. I don't see how he didn't burn up into flames. I would have believed in God if he did. (laughs) We he know for checks. a fact you you militarize the National Guard Sure, they can say it's because of January 6th all they want, but you know for a fact there's going to be a lot of people all over this country that don't align themselves with Trump that are going to be in the true crosshairs of laws like this. So I'm completely against it. The militarization of the National Guard, it's supposed to be there for hurricane relief. Um, when communities are in need, when there's a natural disaster like in Joplin, Missouri, or, or when there's a you know a tornado ripping through Kansas, that's what the National Guard was supposed to be for, and the fact that now we have 20,000 Thousand national guardsmen deputized like it's some bizarre ass horror movie some bizarre ass um you know war in real time film i just see I, I can just see this going so poorly so fast i'm completely and utterly against it but what do you guys think
2: I said this a few weeks back. I am actually against the National Guard being there. I think there should be a proper police force or, you know, the Capitol Police Force should be better trained. I don't think... Well, they're
0: also being treated like dog crap. You know, the National Guardsmen, they're sleeping in the Capitol. They're not... They don't have beds. They're deployed in the united states this is basically a civil this is an act of a civil war in some ways
2: oh you're right there is the footage of them just sleeping in the hall oh they're being treated horribly yeah you're right
0: absolutely this is according to a statement again uh from the head of the guard they say guardsmen are trained in the use of lethal and less than lethal force de-escalation techniques as well as the use of protective equipment this is a standard for civil disturbance response missions they go on to say the national guard is proud to support the secret service u.s capitol police and park police who are leading the security efforts during the events for the 59th presidential inauguration so not only do we have multiple police forces that should be well equipped to handle all forms of security at the capitol now we're adding A new group of people and literally in the statement, they say this is standard for civil disturbance response missions. I hate the language. I hate the fact they have lethal weapons. And what exactly constitutes a civil disturbance, a peaceful protest? Mm, Exactly
3: right. No, again, I, I think of Kent. I think any Ohioan would think of Kent in this instance. But also, Ben, I think you nailed it. The people I know in the National Guard, again, they have full time jobs. They get called up to serve. Uh, and they do so dutifully because yep. they want to, because the idea of the National Guard is that you sign up in your home state to then serve your state in the case yes. of natural disasters. So, yeah, I you know, it, it's a yet another bridge too far with all things military in the United States.
0: I just don't understand how we're having this conversation. We've been having this conversation about the militarization of police for so long, and it just right in front of our eyes got immensely worse. It's disheartening. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, I mean, how, what are we supposed to do? I mean, we get the little victory with Derek Chauvin going for 22.5 years. I think that's absolutely fantastic. I think he could have gotten longer. It is what it is. At least some justice was served, and hopefully it sends a chill down a bunch of corrupt cops' to the spine. Also, we talk about police corruption quite a bit with Pete Paxton. Again, stick around for that. But it's like one step forward and 20,000 steps mm. backwards. <laughs> because we've just said, okay, officers, no more killing people. National Guard, here's a gun. Here's your chance now. We're here's your
3: the, chance. We're telling the cops not to do it, but guess what, now you can, all right. It's
0: a shell game of who's allowed to kill civilians. So who's who of who's going to be a murderer next? And also, this all goes on the heels of what's been revealed in a new book. Again, take it with a grain of salt. But I tend to believe these accusations because (laughs) Donald Trump said as much during his political campaign rallies. Uh, The name of the book is, frankly, we did win this election. The inside story of how Trump lost whatever people trying to make money off of Donald Trump by selling books. I get it. I fucking hate the whole damn thing. But Donald Trump in this book it was expressed that he did say that uh, he just wanted to shoot protesters, or asked, why can't we shoot protesters? Similar to when he said, why don't we just put them in Guantanamo Bay? So uh, Travis, perhaps you want to interpret your best Donald Trump as to, uh, Mr. President, uh, we have an uprising in Minneapolis. People are upset over police violence. Uh, What do you think we should do, sir?
3: Just shoot them like that old NBC show that I used to follow when I was on NBC. You shoot them just like that funny guy David Spagers. He's fun. (laughs) And he had that fat friend who yelled a lot. Get him in there. Roll him down the hill and hit a bunch of protesters like a
0: bowling ball. Oh, Mr. President, this is just, thank you so much for asking the tough questions (laughs) and for giving us the hard answers. Yeah, he says, just beat the fuck out of the protesters, just shoot them. Uh, And then they say, sir, we can't really do that. And he's like, I'll shoot him in the leg then. Can't you shoot him in the toe or something? It's like, (laughs) I don't think you understand how firearms work, you entitled rich little fat bitch. It's (sighs) like when he
3: he wanted uh, everyone to uh, drink bleach for the, uh, the COVID. Can't they do that? Can't they do that? I just always feel... That that's his solution. He's an innovator, Ben. You just you don't understand.
0: That's I know, is. I know. Well, we'll see now as his uh O'Reilly history tour as it overlaps <laughs> with when he's supposed to be reinstalled as president. I believe that's supposed to happen in August. It's not going to happen, obviously. There's no way it's going to happen. And uh, I just the mental hell I that I'm sure he finds himself in. I truly take great solace in that he made a bed and now he is lying in it. And if you're him, every single night. You just ask why. Why did I go down that escalator? Why did I do this? It was all because NBC was, he, he wanted to, I forget what it, it was, a ratings battle. And he was like, I'm gonna get bigger ratings than somebody else. And then he's like, I'm running for president. And then Bill Clinton was like, do it because then we're gonna win guaranteed. And then all that backfired. <laughs> and again, we are the ultimate punchline in this entire game of elite political roulette. You know, I'm in the opposite camp. I truly think he's he's reveling in
2: it. I mean, You think so? I truly think he... Uh, I You know, the more... I used to think he was like a crazy, Adderall-addicted old man. Right. But now... Hey, you're, you're, I mean, not to, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I hate to use the word evil because I think the word evil shuts down conversations. I agree. But I truly think he's one of those people where uh he's consumed by
0: capitalism he's He's on one america news now he's calling it i was i flipped through my networks and i don't watch a lot of tv news for a long time but i get my little uh smattering of Stinchfield, which is a show on one america news it's dog shit um but he calls into their morning shows now so i don't know like he's not even on fox and friends anymore he's now he's calling into one america news is a morning show. I, I. It's so sad and pathetic. But he hated
2: Fox. Remember <laughs> he they were. Yeah. They, they, so he's doing what he he's he's sticking to his his guns, per lack of a better term. He I think he thinks he's doing great. I think he truly believes the August thing. I think he thinks this Bill O'Reilly oh. is going to be like the next uh, Bad Bunny tour. He's going to sell out every seat for two thousand dollars a seat. <laughs> you know, he truly believes in himself. And that's the scary part because that's what happened January 6th. It's. A scary man that truly believes in himself, encouraging other people to truly believe in it.
0: Well, Travis, you have a little bit more insight on that. You're very close. I wouldn't say friends, but you know Roger Stone and uh, uh, because of your political work as a uh, political operative. What do you think? I mean, they share a similar brain. I would dare say Roger Stone is more intelligent. Um, But do you think that Trump is miserable? I mean, not that we're, you know, we're just kind of Monday morning psychologists here. But
3: yeah, well, you know. I think we've nailed it just in the last few weeks uh, and months that we've been saying that he has become the Trump impersonator. He is. I think that's got to be some kind of level of depressing for him, but I do think Fernando's right. He's such a uh, blind a narcissist that he really, I think maybe in his own world, he continues to live. as was like, I, I was right. I was just like, kind of like Nixon was in his final years. Ah,
2: I could have had it
0: all. It oh, at the least CIA. You know, Nixon might have a point there and not that I have any love lost for Richard Nixon, but right. uh, the idea mm-hmm. of impeachment made him resign. He had shame. So I right. do have to give him a little bit of credit for that. Uh, Of course, he also killed tens of thousands (sighs) of of Vietnamese people and Americans as well because he wanted to... because he wanted to get reelected He did right and oh. you know Roger Stone uh, Would tell uh,
3: very Heartwarming stories of, of Nixon in his later Years they'd have full whole Bottles of wine together and you know At least Nixon did um, I think yes I think Nixon had some Conscious of well, what he was his... an
0: embarrassment I mean even when right. they showed all the living Presidents on like Leno I remember he Stood off like way to the side <laughs> And everyone so, was like that's Richard Nixon <laughs> I'll just be over here
3: don't mind Me um, yeah but Trump, uh, you know, Roger and Trump uh, aren't allowed to speak. I don't think after the pardon, I don't think they've been allowed to speak uh, just because of the the legal confines of, of both of, uh, you know, of what they both have done. So I almost think Roger would think more highly of Nixon at this point. You know, you, we both know what Roger said about uh, Trump, um, that he was like the the Peter Sellers character from being there, Chauncey yes, Gardner, course. who just stumbled into this this rich person's world. So.
0: Yes, of course. But as all the uh, the Joker cards as the House of Joker cards that Trump built crumbles, uh, it is absolutely fascinating to see his reaction. And naturally, his defense is going to be try to get more famous and try to get more eyes on him at all times. And theoretically, that'll protect him. Uh, Who's not going to be protecting him any longer is Giuliani, Mm. because now Rudy Giuliani is no longer a lawyer. Uh, He is his he's been disbarred in the state of New York. and I. Can't see any reason why he should ever practice any kind of law ever again. That man is such a political shill. He's turned into just such a political acolyte. He's no longer a lawyer. And it's just fascinating to me as we knew as we, we knew this was going to happen. Anything that Trump touches, he might survive. But everything else, he's like reverse Midas. It all turns to shit. And now Giuliani is truly no more than a <laughs> lump of dung on the streets of New York.
2: He like leaks it, you know, he truly leaks the shit that he's He become. does, he's it like leaks a, from a septic tank
0: overflowing. He's no longer
3: America's mayor, you know.
2: I I remember- It was I only met Rudy. 20
3: years ago. I remember, 20, I, remember, 20, I yeah.
2: remember watching, you know, uh, Sex in the, the City, everyone- Was he it was on Sex in the no, City? But, but he was talked about, you know, like yes, a, yes. A, a Seinfeld, all those, you know, I don't know, I'm sorry, Seinfeld was before the time, but it Giuliani meant New York to me for a long time. Yeah. You know, when I saw Giuliani, that was New York. Oh, that's gross. It's crazy. Times have changed very
3: fast. Giuliani had one of the best lines on on SNL history after 9-11. Lord Michaels asked him, well, can we be funny again? And Rudy Giuliani says, well, why start now? Boom. Crushed it. He was America's (laughs) mayor. And now he's just getting handjobs
0: by Borat. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, speaking of uh, America and some of the uh, rights that we have to, or some of the wrongs, rather, we have to right. We must mention Derek Chauvin. Uh, He was sentenced to 22.5 years. For those that saw the clip of him he stands there he stood there rather wearing his mask and i do think he did a good thing when it comes to shaving his head he's ready to go full Aryan. yeah he's not worked. that he hasn't already been there but he's <laughs> you can already see him just be like what's up fellas with his swastika 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 tattoos swastikas. <laughs> you can just see how uh he understands the next at least 15 years of his life he's gonna have to play some interesting politics and i truly don't wish sexual assault or rape against anyone and i think i hate when people are like he's gonna have a roommate named bubble i hate that bullshit really uh, i truly do but when it comes to the life of a former police officer uh in prison holy hell dude that is going to be a waking Freaking nightmare. And uh, dare I say, justice was served in this case. I'm sure some people wanted more. I'm sure some maniacs didn't want him to be found guilty at all. The, the, the. I'm not even going to say the names of some of the talking, bloviating bastard heads that out there that uh, pretended or truly did defend Derek Chauvin, right. even though we all saw him for 10 minutes, uh, damn near 10 minutes, murder George Floyd. But this hopefully can be the beginning or continue uh, the beginning process of healing this country. Because this will send a message to officers across the world, across the nation specifically, that it's just not acceptable any longer. Um, But of course, it's only not acceptable if you're caught on camera for nine minutes because it's still happening. Police abuse is still happening. And as I just said previously, the National Guard is now allowed to shoot you. And that's just your neighbor. Um, you
2: know, uh, they started putting up a lot of statues of George Floyd. Have you seen that? I have seen it. Yeah. yeah. And so
0: I was trying to understand. I, I, I'm, I'm a little, it's, I don't know how to feel exactly. about the statues. Exactly.
2: And uh, just right now, I think, I think you helped me understand it. I think what we're supposed to see is that we're supposed to see it as a, as a symbol of change. Yes. Because I was trying to understand. I don't want to see.
0: I don't want to see it as a symbol of normalcy. Though. Exactly.
2: That's what I'm saying. I don't want to to have to put up statues of of people that. Cops yeah, because it's not. It's that's not, not okay.
0: That's not okay. George Floyd being here is better than that stupid statue. Exactly. You know, exactly. not that the pre- statue is stupid. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
2: I would prefer George Floyd be standing there and talking about police reform,
0: exactly. than, than it being a statue. But it reminds me of when Nancy Pelosi thanked him for being a martyr. It's like, no, dude, he was trying to right. live his life. Yeah, yeah okay, <laughs> I'm sorry, counterfeit bill, whatever. You know who else manipulates currency? Every single billionaire in the world. The banks. Yeah. So the bank. So it's like, okay, it's not the biggest sin on the face of the freaking planet. Right. But, but <laughs> what
2: you said right now really, hel- I guess helped me understand what the point of those statues is. It's so that we we have some sort of accountability. We have an image yes. for, because the image
0: shouldn't be Derek Chauvin. The image oh, should... Absolutely, be, I'm you know, totally with yeah. you. I... As long as like put a plaque there as well, like, I don't know, that's the, the only thing is I don't want um anyway. You just get some concerned that it's just going to be so normalized. and then it's a whole nother kind of sick kind of part of our systemic issues in this country where, it, uh, yeah and anyway. now we have people yeah. defacing the george
2: floyd statues so then you touch you know now it's it's a, unbelievable it becomes it becomes a a, a a tool a political tool kind of a
0: lightning rod as exactly. well similar to mm-hmm. the uh the statues of robert E. lee that we saw there in charlottesville
3: it, it reminds me a bit of what we were talking last week about juneteenth right it's like okay yeah. you made juneteenth a national holiday but good lord there's so much more, more work to do you yeah. know the the leaders all kind of pat each other in the back there with biden and You know again like you you guys say it's a step it's symbolic but there's so much real real things to do and it's you know i kind of feel the same way about the murals and the the statues they raise awareness uh, but cities could also be doing so much more to actually address the issues
0: yeah anyway one good thing again derek chauvin 22 and a half years in prison uh hopefully this helps minneapolis get back together and um yeah i don't what know
3: was the half a year for why can't they just round that up to 23 uh was the, the actual judge, legal the judge breakdown
0: on, the judge was very proud of himself for figuring out the perfect sentence for punishment so i have no idea um obviously he could have gotten upwards of 40 years and uh man just looking at chauvin's face here he's just what a uh you know nine minutes and you look at that video and again we don't have to harp on that you know but nine minutes where he you, he's looking at the camera and uh, he's so smug so smug and so uh i guess i'll use the p word privileged maybe really desensitized is. right he really had no he thought that the people recording him were stupid right he's it, like look at these morons thinking that this is going to do anything and uh certainly his face has changed as the uh, verdict was read he looks uh, immensely stressed and uh, his life will continue uh, to be just that as a uh, justice was served in minneapolis and um hopefully the f- families of not just george floyd but of police violence everywhere can take some solace in this right uh, but i'm sure it doesn't bring obviously doesn't bring uh, the victims of police violence back what do eight bags of concrete mix a cooler full of 30 pound sea bass and a 10 inch compound miter saw have in common They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available Pro-Access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Pro-Access tailgate available starting spring 2024. Cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution.
1: Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series.
0: peter paxton man this guy was fantastic and fernando what 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 was the book that uh yeah i know he's written multiple books but there's one specifically that we're gonna press here
2: specifically we're talking about rescue dogs which is
0: available now on amazon and in barnes and noble all right so uh check out everything pete paxton does to uh broaden your mind on the horrible world of animal abuse so i hope you find this uh interview this conversation um interesting All right, everyone, now it is time for our conversation with Pete Paxton. He's an animal abuse investigator, a job that I wish no one had to have. But God dang it if people don't force him to do this job. Pete, thank you so much for being with us, man.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I have to say that I'm really excited to be here a second time. My favorite part of being here. Previously, was Henry's response to it on the side stories that followed when he screamed about us <laughs> talking about barbecuing puppies?
0: <laughs> well, I believe you came on one time, maybe it was before Thanksgiving or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. sure was. And I think the last major holiday, I took a break with a uh, therapist who interviews non offending sexual pedophiles. So, you know, I just always really like to time the holidays out with conversations that are going to make turkey dinner that much more awkward. Why not?
1: Why not? You know, it's nobody listens to this podcast because they just want to be comfortable, right? They're they're ready
0: for it. Absolutely. Not until a lot of these uh, sins of the uh, of of humankind are are, uh, fixed. Can we be fully comfortable? So, Pete, before the show, we were talking, uh, we were discussing what you wanted to uh, express today to the audience. And it makes it really fits perfectly in with today's episode. Police corruption, uh, specifically when it comes to animal rights, when it comes to animal abuse. Um, can you just I know it's extremely broad, but can you just kind of kick us off talking about the role that law enforcement plays when it comes to either looking away, aiding and abetting or just straight up not giving a crap when it comes to the uh, abuse that these animals are going through, specifically dogs and things like that? Absolutely. So there's
1: uh there's some different uh, things that I can discuss that your listeners can really do something about. And in all of them. Uh, police corruption is is a huge problem. And let me preface this really quick. Listeners, if you're in law enforcement, you've got friends and family in law enforcement, I want you to know that I have worked with great members of law enforcement. In fact, uh, you're out in Los Angeles right now. Is that yes. correct, Ben? Okay, yep. um, there was a case that I did out there a few years ago. I was on some commercial fishing boats and I filmed gill net fishermen bringing up dead dolphins and sea lions in their nets and covering it up. Mm. And, and I reported it to Aaron Dean, the head of the uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service office out there in California. yeah, And she just went and just took the evidence to get it to, to the U.S. Attorney's Office to bust their asses, right? I mean, so there's there's good law enforcement out there that wants to help. Right. But with the majority of cases that I work, um, I encounter either apathy or this odd, blatant corruption. And what I, the cases that are important for your listeners to hear is Greyhound Racing, a fraud case that relates to, uh, uh abuse abusive cows and puppy mills. yeah. And, and, uh, you know, briefly what I can explain is that, uh, what I discussed in, in the previous interview is that when, you know, these are, when it comes to dogs or anything that's, that's, you know, uh, uh animals being raised in a rural area, yeah. culturally people see these animals as a resource, right. And law enforcement is going to be involved in that culture in that way of raising animals that way of seeing them as a resource and you're going to have people that they may enforce some laws but other laws or other habits that they may have they view as culturally acceptable okay and and what you have people in law enforcement who they then they don't want to call each other out they don't want to call out criminals for behavior that they think should be excused red flag gun laws would be a great example sure right but animal abuse is another and they they're not going to call out bad cops and if if there's people that are scratching their heads about this and they're like how could that be there's this blatant abuse they're shooting people what could happen you know what i would say is you don't have to look that far to understand that element of humanity that makes us do predictably unethical things Hmm. i don't care if you're a teacher i don't care if you work for a nonprofit. i don't care if you're in construction or whatever the hell you're in how many times do you see someone do something wrong just a little wrong and you know
0: that you don't snitch you don't report that person well if someone's stealing stuff from the vending machine i gotta let it go because who among us have not stolen a snickers bar or two
1: Okay. well, there you go. All right. All right. So but and and I'm not trying to say it's like, oh, it's a slippery slope, like hold everyone accountable for every tiny little thing. But it's that, you know, is that we tend to we're in a a culture that has binary thinking and we tend to always see it as us and them. And Mm -hmm. if you're not if you're not lockstep with us, you must be one of them. Right. Yes. So you're you're Absolutely. a non-cop. You're a, or you're a Democrat or you're a Republican. You're someone who doesn't get it. Right. Yeah. And so or even uh, worse,
0: a member of the Green Party. that's <laughs> <So>, right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and and now, you know, what's what's happened in the last four years in this country is that the problem has has really exacerbated into believing that there's a threat. So what I deal with is if I report animal cruelty. hmm then not only is it seen as something where we're reporting a violation, we are seen as a threat to the status quo, a, a threat to law enforcement is by and large uh, conservative, and it is seen as, as it's a threat to the the political ideals that they may have, and that upholding the laws to defend animals would be a threat to that. Right.
0: Um, So if you want to, uh, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, that was episode 470 that Pete was referencing I believe it is called A Culture of Cruelty. So if you have not listened to that episode, which seems like it was so long ago, but uh, go back and listen to episode 470 of this show and you'll be able to hear him there. Uh, Pete, just to sort of conceptualize this in our minds, when you talk about corruption in the police force, specifically when it comes to animal rights abuse, what what do you mean by that? Is this dog fighting? Is this um, farms being run horribly that can lead to massive outbreaks like we saw with mad cow disease, where we still somehow blame the cow because it was angry? What right. does that look like when you talk about corruption and uh, the complicit nature? of people in law enforcement, some people in law enforcement? I'll give you some
1: specific examples that'll make it very clear. Uh, Number one, Greyhound racing. Okay. So uh, in Greyhound racing, And apologies, listeners, I'm going to try to not be too graphic. This is a little graphic. Uh, Our
0: listeners are pretty calloused when it comes to we're doing the black death for last podcast on the left. So we just talked about pustules and a whole bunch of different people bleeding from their anuses. So you can I almost think in a case like this, details are more important because that's one thing with mainstream coverage that pisses me off. Like when they did the Ted Bundy doc, tried to make them all cute. This dude fucked corpses and he fucked skulls. So let's get to the nitty gritty so people can really understand how gross this is and how it has to stop.
1: All right, fuck it. Here we go. So uh, with greyhound racing, dogs are trained using live rabbits. And it's it's illegal, right? Back in the 70s, uh, this, it, this started to come to light. Geraldo Rivera heard about it and he, he heard about it. And I guess he was in California and he flapped his mustache to fly over to the Midwest <laughs> and then to like expose it. And then a law got passed against it. And so for decades, people have heard of it, but it was this issue of discovering, is this still happening? So um, I got hired by a group called Gray 2K and it's G-R-E-Y. 2 kusa.org you can see all this evidence online and they hired me to try to find out are these are some of these big time trainers still doing this so my first target was in oklahoma and it's a guy named jason martin jason martin at the time that i filmed him last year was a deputy with the haskell county sheriff's department the ex-chief of police of Kyoto, oklahoma I filmed Jason Martin sending live wild rabbits out on, it looks like it's a, it's called a coursing track. It looks like a big dirt field. Mm -hmm. And he's, he, he would set rabbits loose and then he would set like, you know, generally three to four dogs are loose at a time would go to run after the rabbit. Rabbits cannot jump very high. Right. And they would run around, they'd get cornered and then they would get torn apart alive. And then he would send his 16 year old daughter out to go pick up the bloody corpses and walk them back. And then, uh, Another individual uh, named Wes Parvin, one of the biggest trainers in the business, was out there training as well across the street from Jason Martin's place. So he just, he does this. He's one of the biggest trainers in the business. He goes across the street and then he, you know, and, and then he, he trains him. We couldn't get a DA to act. We couldn't get an attorney general to act. We couldn't get anything to happen. And then I, I filmed it again in Texas. And then I filmed it again in, in Kansas. So so the biggest trainers in the business filmed all of them doing it. And the initial response was from the National Greyhound Association is that, look, these are isolated incidents. You know, uh, uh, we're not supposed to be doing this. And by the time I got that third trainer, this really big time trainer named Ursula O'Donnell, the response was, yeah, go fuck yourself. Like they just they just stopped making public responses. They didn't care because we couldn't get any cops to arrest anyone In any of these states no prosecutor to pick it up it's it's culturally accepted and and greyhound racing is something that it's not just like you have some good old boys that are doing animal cruelty this is connected to rich people right this is a rich person thing so and and the other thing is that what they know that what we're trying to do is if we pass hr 3335 the greyhound protection act you ban greyhound racing you ban it forever Right. And so these cops have got to look at this and say, man, I grew up watching live luring like my dad's friends live lured. I know people that live lure. Should I really care? I mean, these are stupid rabbits. Should I care about them being torn apart alive? Right. And so they just they decide that it's it's like a red flag gun law. That's one of the laws they're just they're not going to
0: enforce, not going to enforce that. So when it comes to the dogs. Uh, what does this do for them? Obviously, you know, a lot of people talk about like, you know, once the dog tastes human blood, they can't get enough like doggy zombies. Right. But What is this? <laughs> yeah. What is that experience or what's that? What is their existence? Are they euthanized young? Are they I mean, how are they cared for? So, yeah. So here's here's where it turns into
1: kind of like. Like it's a, tearing apart rabbits alive is pretty bad. This is where it just goes into full fucking evils. what happens is. They're, they're trained on live rabbits. Then they're trained on a lure. And then when they go off to the kennel where someone houses them, they keep them in these tiny cages all year until they're going to go race, oh, right? Geez. And then if they're
0: not... Honestly, it sounds like Saddam Hussein, what he did with the soccer team when, he, when Uday <laughs> right. used to put them in the boo box. I mean, this is horrible.
1: And then, But then what you have is you have you, – I mean, you, and you don't have to look online too far to see records of, of greyhound racers and greyhound trainers shooting lots of dogs that didn't make the cut. But you have rescues that will rescue the retired dogs just to make the industry look like it cares about dogs and they oppose any regulation to greyhound racing. Right. So they have these kind of like fake rescues covering for them to make them look good.
0: How much money are we talking about here when it comes to greyhound racing?
1: Oh, I mean, this is millions and millions. I mean, you're talking massive bets. This is, that's the thing is that if you ban this, it's not like, oh, people are going to lose their jobs. We're talking rich motherfuckers that go to a track and then, and then bet on dogs racing around a track. And it's not like right. a black market will then be created. There's not going to be people that are going to be like, we're going to do it underground. We're going to race them on our porch. No, I mean, it's, you got to have a full-on track.
0: So Yeah, and a whole bunch of greyhound dogs, which I don't and, think and, come easy.
1: And a whole bunch of greyhound dogs, yeah. And so you can see how, you know, if you grow up with that, and if everyone does it and everyone knows someone that does it, and you don't, and listen, like, and, and you hunt, right? You go out, you hunt, you shoot rabbits, you shoot coyotes, you shoot deer. Why not let the dogs chase them and tear them apart, right? Like, why enforce that law? And so and it, gets, it gets more murky when there's this other case that I had last year, and it, it was, it's for a group called SEED, which okay. is, you can go to Seed Undercover Investigations, Seed dot com, okay. and and you're gonna see uh you're gonna see all this evidence. Which by the way, that group is run by Kaylin Labarge. Uh, uh, Ben, she wanted me to tell you that uh, she is crazy about you and is a big oh, fan. Very
2: so nice. I yeah. We'll tell her um, hello.
1: And and she also, uh, she wanted me to tell you uh, She and I got to hang out with Esther the Wonder Pig In Canada What? So, uh, she yeah. hung
0: out with Esther the Wonder Pig? Yeah, and Esther's big by the way Esther's huge. I know I just saw a picture of uh, Esther She was bathing with her owner In a little piggy kitty pool And she looks so happy with her weird little Esther teeth Oh yeah. No, yeah, she, she's
1: she's living it up out there. Yeah, we were we got to hang out with Esther and then we had to eat some donuts and we had to keep Esther from trying to steal the donuts from
0: us. Well that's classic <laughs> Esther.
1: That's right, that's right. Yeah. But uh but so so Seed uh, uh had me go and I, I worked undercover at a livestock auction in Texas, and it's called Erath County Dairy Sales. Um and what they do is they buy spent dairy cattle okay. and they sell them off. So really quick. Within five years, a dairy cow is not going to produce enough milk to be really worth a whole lot to the dairy industry. So then they get sold off for beef. M- the vast majority of your beef jerky, uh, yeah. is that's come from dairy cattle. A lot of the beef, if you, if you ever buy beef at a restaurant and it's all shredded up or it's all ground up, you don't really yeah. know what that is, probably came from dairy cattle. Okay. So a lot of, So when I was there at the auction, a lot of them, they would show up dead on arrival or they couldn't walk off the trailer or Mm. they'd step off the trailer and within a minute or an hour of walking off for reasons unknown, they'd start shaking, frothing at the mouth, fall over and die.
0: And this is the food that we eat, specifically me, because I am a beef jerky aficionado. Oh, yes. Um, But but that that seems uh, seems a bit on the dangerous side. But
1: wait, it gets it gets way worse. So okay. so first of all, there's the abuse end, and the problem with that is that you have all these cows that can't walk, they can't stand. So people shock them and they beat the hell out of them, and and it's <sighs> and it's and it's awful, right? But all these populations of cattle are mixing together in all these pens, right? Including with all these ones that are randomly dying. So some of the auction would buy back their own cattle. Now, I mean these these cows were going to FPL Foods in Georgia um, um, you know, going JBS in Tulleson, Arizona, right. cavernous right. beef packers, major places. And they would buy some of their own. And then what they would do is they would remove federal tags from the ones that they bought that are ADT tags, animal disease traceability tags. The reason wow. these tags exist is that they're part of a federal program where if you have cows, you have dairy cows, and they come from wherever the hell in America, and then they go to an auction, and then they go to another auction, and then they go to a slaughterhouse. What if one of them is sick with a zoonotic disease that people could get? Right. Have to be able to track it. So you put ADT tags on there, right? So what they did is they, and all of this footage and workers explaining to me why they did this, this is all online. They cut off the tags then they put their own stickers on the cows to make them appear as though they're organic to sell them to California
0: for triple oh my the price. God. Yeah. <laughs> so This here's is the thing. immensely dangerous. And again, yeah. as you mentioned, triple the price. So that's fascinating to me. Is this an epidemic?
1: Oh yes. Yeah. Well, well, so, okay. I'd have to say that specific issue. It is this, that is the first dairy auction that I've worked at. And it's the first one where I encountered this, but, Whenever we encounter something like that, we always keep finding it again,
0: right? So with the organic stamp, they're selling it for three times the price. The cow should not be consumed by people. It should be allowed to pass away. It sounds like um, yeah. cause it seems like it has a miserable existence. This just seems like we are getting ready. I don't even want to say this because we all have PTSD from last year. And I don't want yeah. anything had to happen to mass groups of people ever again. Right. But it seems like a perfect recipe for another weird-ass outbreak. And then everyone's uh, going to be like, where the hell did this come from? And then I would assume you're going to be like, well, I've been doing this for 20 years. Here's what happened, <laughs> folks. I've been, I've been telling you. So, yeah, a
1: 1,000%. And so... If we want to talk about solutions, and this is where we start getting into the law enforcement corruption, uh, listeners, I'm going to tell you what I firmly believe is the solution. I'm going to pause to give your listeners a moment to roll their eyes and say, come the fuck on, Pete. But okay, (laughs) the solution is to have a more plant-based diet.
0: Now the reason. Oh, hold on! You didn't give me enough time. Okay, all right. <laughs> oh my! Plant-based diet. I heard plants have feelings, and the reason that when you mow your lawn, the reason it smells is because the grass is crying. Yeah, it's telling the <laughs>
2: other grass, "It's coming." The mower's coming. <laughs> That's but no, right, but I, grass- I, I think
0: you make. I, I think your sentiment is very, very. It lands on very accepting, accepting ears. I believe.
1: Well, well, wonderful. But so, so the the reason that I say that, listeners, is because. You want to look at what else can, what else can you do about this? Like what's, what's really the solution? If it's not, if it's not just, wait, I should have more plant-based milk. I should have a, I should not eat a whole lot of beef. Cause I mean, this is beef and dairy directly connected. Right. right. And the thing is, should we pass more laws? There's already a law against this. In fact, you can even see if you go online and you look at the video, you will see someone discusses how they already got busted for that same thing.
0: Previously. What's the penalty. So what is it? It's just a thousand dollar fine or something. I, I just don't. That's how a good can question. Become, how can you be a repeat offender of That's something a good like question. This? Because we turned
1: them into the Federal Food Safety Inspection Service. And I don't know what has happened because that target is still operating to this day. So there's already laws. There was already a brand inspector there while I was there, there was a vet there who uh, my part of my job was to pick up all of the tags from the ground so that no one else would see them. And I showed them, you see footage online where I show them to a mm. vet and a vet says, yeah, it's a lot of tags. It just doesn't care. Right. right. So it, again, this is a culture that law enforcement is involved in and they're just not going to care. Now, what Kalen did on this case, and I'm very proud of her for this is that I've had this habit that I'm not super proud of for most of my career where I see abuse to animals and it, it pisses me off Mm -hmm. and I want accountability because they're victims. But what you have in this case is you have a lot of abuse and a lot of the abuse, you understand why it happens. You know, the cows won't get up. You have to get them up. It's your job. And a lot of the workers, you know, there's concern that they're you know, they're undocumented workers. Right. Mm. And, and, and on, on, on one side and on another side, it was a bunch of teenagers who were getting drunk while doing this. Right.
0: Right. Mm.
1: So, you know, Kalen was very big on saying, we're not going to put every incident on there. We're not going to demonize any of the workers, not even going to law enforcement with any of that information about them. We're going to focus only on the facility and on the owner. And we're going straight to the feds. Right. So, if you arrest a few people, it doesn't make a difference. And if you just if you just pass a law or bust someone, it doesn't necessarily make a difference right. on this. The solution is change the market.
0: Yeah, you talk about a culture of cruelty. It also seems like we have a culture of secrecy as well. The role of undocumented workers, especially in farm labor, it's not like everyone knows that that happens. Everybody knows that's the underground economy. Uh, without undocumented workers, this country would not be nearly as successful yep. uh, as it is today. So we need these people. But what about when someone who is undocumented sees something and their heart breaks and they're like, I can't be complicit in this shit. What options do they have? Are they going to go? I mean, this is basically indentured servitude. Are they supposed to go to their boss and complain? And then the boss is like, all right, see you uh, on the on the bus back to wherever you came from. Like what what options or what um, abilities do people who are undocumented who see this kind of stuff, who do want to help, wh- what can they even do?
1: The truth is right now they have no options. There, there is, there is nothing that they can do because if, if they do speak out again, they exist in this culture. Local law enforcement will consider them the enemy. Uh, local politicians are probably going to view them as the enemy. Right. Whenever Um, it's convenient. Exactly. Yeah. So right now there's not a lot of options that they have. So, uh, part of the focus towards a plant-based diet is uh, you talk a lot on the show about prison overpopulation, Absolutely. right? A, a critical issue. And part of what, what, what the industry likes to do in this is throw the undocumented workers under the bus, right? And say, well, send them off to jail, send them off somewhere else. Or, or if someone's an ex-con, blame it on him. And, right. Versus mm-hmm. if you take the animals out of the equation, then you cannot be focusing on, on the animals as victims and blaming the workers. If people are growing crops and there's abuse to the workers, you have to focus on the owners and the industry itself. That could lighten up the prison system, and that could help put blame on, on the actual problem and remove this entire pool of victims, the animals, out of it.
0: What did you think, uh, Travis? Did you have something? I was just going to say you mentioned Oklahoma. Travis will get it here, get he- in here in a second. Uh, you mentioned Oklahoma, and obviously then I think Joe Exotic, uh, and I think Tiger King. <laughs> right. That movie did shy. I, I don't know if he needs to be in prison for. I I don't like this Carol Baskins woman, and I don't. <laughs> He I hired someone to kill her. He bed. kind of said that he wanted her. No, he hired. He had he, he, he technically he's <laughs> creating jobs. OK, anyway, <laughs> he's in prison. But when watching something like Tiger King um, and the conversation was was happening in the country about mm-hmm. like what what is abu- animal abuse? Like what the hell is going on with these tigers? Uh, animal breeding. A lot of the things that are done for monetary reasons. And uh, and oftentimes, as, as we've been talking about the the last thing entity considered is the animal themselves. What did you think about the national conversation that we had for about two weeks, which is pretty long for us as a country when it comes (laughs) to something like Tiger King, when it comes to exotic venues, when it comes to exotic zoos, um, what are your thoughts on those? Is there a place for that or is it, uh, or is it in your mind just completely undefensible?
1: Well, you know, what I would have liked to have seen from Tiger King was more of a focus on on the animals and what he had done to them mm-hmm. um but it, it, it's it's that tiger king is I, I i remember that uh uh y'all did an interview on uh on last podcast with dan Aykroyd. And oh, i remember of yeah I, I remember you asked him you said okay he's talking about the grays and all the, the lizard people <laughs> yeah. and all that shit right oh that was such up,
0: a dream come true man that was yeah. so crazy <laughs>
1: And and I remember you asked him, you said, uh, do you actually, do you believe in all this stuff? And his answer was, no, but it's supremely entertaining. Yes. Right. And that is the issue when it comes to animal abuse is that is that, t- take John Wick, for example, that dude can shoot, Keanu, <laughs> Keanu Reeves can shoot 200 people in the head yeah. and the camera is right in on it. But when a puppy gets, when his puppy gets killed, mm-hmm. that's off camera, right? right. Yes. So it's like, how do you take these horrific issues and make them where the issue actually gets focused on something where people will, will not just focus on the entertainment, but get the, the correct message out of it, right? And right. I, in my opinion, I think Tiger King strayed a little too far towards the sensational and away from explaining uh, the problems that exist with zoos and, uh, and how the animals are victims. What? It was supremely entertaining, though.
0: Maybe you can talk a little bit about that um, when it comes to zoos, because we love animals and I want to be close to animals and there's no other way to go and see an elephant unless it's in the zoo. And uh-huh. hopefully they're protected and very well taken care of. But as we saw with, um, with the documentary, not about Shamu, but uh, the one about Blackfish, Blackfish, um, it, the, the amount of like, it was just very painful. And I think they did a great job of humanizing these unbelievable creatures. What are the role? What, as far as education goes, because zoos are there and they're theoretically are supposed to educate kids about you know conservation, yep. about yep. nature, uh, and it should be a safe haven for animals who are abused. There was one peacock in the Brooklyn Zoo that had one eye, and it, or it was a uh-huh. toucan, and it was really creepy. But that there was, there was a rescue. So, what do you think about zoos? Do you want them to exist? What roles should they play if they do exist?
1: Uh, zoos should simply be uh, they should be rescues, and and the focus should be on the animals welfare versus putting animals in enclosures that are set up primarily for the public rather than the animals. So when you go Mm. to the zoo, like you go to the LA zoo right out there, anyone, you go to your local zoo, next time you go there, don't just go to an enclosure and just sit there for, for a minute and be like, I got a photo and walk off. You got to sit there for a few minutes. Right. And sometimes it's kind of hard. Sometimes I've had to sit there for like 10, 15 minutes. And you'll notice one of the things you'll notice is the animals either don't react to any stimuli whatsoever or they pace you will see the big cats you will see the wolves they pace and they go back and forth and back and forth and that's a stereotyping. that's what i see in puppy mills
0: and right what and what does that mean what what does that infer that the animal is going through Oh, that means they
1: have an, an, an enormous amount of anxiety and stress right because you have in the in the animal welfare act like for the uh Uh, For the Companion Animal Protection Society, I go to puppy mills all the time, right? And I look at the Animal Welfare Act, which the USDA creates as my guideline for how are these animals being treated. So the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which inspects our slaughterhouses inspects our zoos and our puppy mills so they created really? these guidelines right yeah, oh yeah and so well, it that just if,
0: seems like a strange mental fuck because if you're going into a slaughterhouse you're like yeah everything checks out but it's so texas chainsaw massacre and then you go to a zoo <laughs> and you're like right? yeah everyone's still alive <laughs> yeah. it, it just seems like yeah. it's pretty binary as you were mentioning yeah with, well, uh, and, binary and thinking.
1: The, the binary thing is that the idea is that is that animals are resources Right. Mm. And so again, it's like if you're a local USDA inspector, a local state inspector, a vet, you're a local cop, these animals are resources. And so you just don't like that's how you view them. And so these, if a wolf is in a zoo or an ape or whatever is in a zoo, the purpose, that animal then has a purpose. And the purpose is entertainment for people. Right. Right. And the thing about that, I get, I don't, I don't know if there's time to discuss this. This, oh, this sure. gets a little, uh, well, this gets a little heady, but uh, one of the things that I like to discuss to, to fight that is that there's a term for it. Uh, it's called teleology, but the idea is that everything exists for a reason. There's a tsunami. There's a reason God punished us for it. Right? Like, like this, this animals in the zoo, there's a reason that's to teach you something. There is no science to back up the idea That something has a reason and a purpose so that if you say, hold on, the purpose of my pet is to love and be loved, but the purpose of that guy's dog is to fight other dogs for money, you, you have no science to back that up. Instead, you have to look at how it came to be versus the reasons Of why we think it is here, right? Mm -hmm. So how zoos came to be is that we took all of these animals and we put them somewhere for profit, and then we threw the label conservation on it. And Mm -hmm. then we got the U.S. Department of Agriculture to create welfare standards for it. But they use that same purpose driven thinking to say, the purpose is for people, and since that's the primary reason, you then take a look at the Animal Welfare Act, and you don't see tight enough standards for the psychological well-being of animals. In fact, within, for when it comes to puppy mills at all, there is absolutely nothing in the Animal Welfare Act that exists to protect the psychological well-being of dogs So puppy whatsoever. mills are
0: technically legal? Oh, very much so. Very much so. Oh yeah, I always yeah. thought that that was kind of like an underground thing, but that, so they're 100% legal. You could be in Washington DC and have a puppy mill right by the white house. And they'd be like, yeah, that's the puppy mill.
1: Well, so yeah, it's, it's,
0: there's local laws
1: and then there's, there's like state laws and then there's federal laws. Right? right. But if the law allows you could have in some States, the dogs can be in cages in some States, the dogs have to be on the ground. And uh, you know, but uh, it, it, it's, certain states like texas or oklahoma is going to be a lot worse than if you go to if you go to some other place like vermont right Right. uh but but it you know to have whatever number of dogs you want is perfectly fine and to have them for as long as you want and breed them for as long as you want and then to kill them afterwards is perfectly legal there's no law that says you have to you have to go rehome them or or care for them afterwards
0: uh yeah and travis again get in fernando get in if you want to Um, yeah
3: i I got a good follow-up on that um because I think you've tapped into something very important that I've noticed just in my years of political and environmental activism, environmental laws. You know, you were just saying, it, it doesn't matter if it's federal, state or local, they are so easy to skirt around. And they and like you also pointed out, um, they're so hard to enforce. I mean, I remember living in the Bahamas, and we we would learn about you know the the local fisheries. They need to make sure that no one's fishing while fish are hatching. So they had a guy who was the fisheries enforcement and then his boat didn't work you know and and simple (laughs) simple things like like it's it's actually cheaper for cruise ships to just pay the fine for dumping all their trash in the ocean than it would be for them to actually ship it back to florida and dispose of it properly so uh, i guess what do we do because you know we always seem to think that a law will will solve it It's almost like just talking
1: about it and
3: And it almost seems like the
0: laws are just there to raise more money. So they don't even care if you're breaking the law as long as you grease the right wheels.
1: Yeah. Well, so uh, now that what I mean, that is an excellent point you bring up. In fact, I have been I've been undercover on a lot of fishing boats and I, I cannot tell you how many times I've had the fishing captain say to me, like, Oh, well, call these regulations. It's all bullshit. But yeah, we depleted that species. And then we depleted this other species. And I guess I could see it. But I, well, these regulations are stupid. It's like they go, the co- you watch the cognitive dissonance, take them in a circle. And then you wonder how the fuck that circle just happened. Right. Yeah. But it's that the, the fish are a resource. And so the law enforcement agencies that exist, you know, uh, Northern Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, they got badass agents, you know, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. They got badass agents. You know, Aaron Dean, who I mentioned is one of them. but the overall idea at the top of those agencies is that animals are a resource for people
0: but wouldn't it then be in their best interest to make sure that we don't deplete massive swaths of the fish population isn't that because it is there that's their product don't don't you so, think they would
1: want to preserve it then so so this is why i get to this kind of heady point about teleology is that is that we if if we will go Back and forth and make no progress if both of us say that's not the reason these things are here and then someone else says yes it is right it's and so it's that is that the bottom line is that you have people and not trying to offend anybody but fuck it i mean it's especially if they're religious thinkers if you believe that the resources that are in the earth and the animals that are put here were put here for a purpose then you then if that justifies any way you want to engage with those resources or those animals that fulfills that purpose, which is mainly to profit you or for your entertainment. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you refuse to think in a purpose-driven way, in a teleological way, instead you decide, I'm gonna think in a scientific way. What it, what, not why do I think this is here? How did it get here? What is the proof for what is happening with trying to take this resource or take these animals? Then you get to solution-based thinking. Right, And, and I, I, try, I try to push that point to challenge people. And apologies, I know, because that, that challenges everything. It challenges religion. It challenges magical thinking. It challenges a whole lot of things.
0: Don't you but. dare challenge religion <laughs> on this fine show, nor magical thinking. Or magic. Or or magic. magic. Oh <laughs> At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When Freedom Calls, we're here to answer. Call us at one eight 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 freedom Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5 gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. No, but, you know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Poppy Mills and when we talk about solutions that's why i i was uh, i don't like to debate i like to have conversations because then you can get to solutions yeah when it comes to puppy mills i'm interested to hear your thoughts on the no kill Um, shelters because I love no kill shelters. I'm very pro no kill shelters, but I also understand that what's happened here specifically in a state like California is that uh, people buy a dog for Father's Day. It turns out their dad didn't want the dog and then they have to return the dog. And now we have dogs in no kill shelters, five, six deep, all in a kennel that's supposed Uh to house one to two dogs. Yeah. So how do we sort of, you know, kind of square this circle when it comes to having no-kill shelters. um, But then also we have to acknowledge like the suffering of the dogs because of this policy. And then we have the then we also have the issue when it comes to puppy mill dogs. They deserve love. So if you go by a a store and they got a dog in the window and it's a puppy mill dog. I can't sit there and be like, fuck you puppy mill dog, He's like a test <laughs> right, tube right. baby, like a test tube human, be like, you're a <laughs> yeah. test tube baby. It's right. like, yeah. I wanna take care of this dog. So I, I, how do we even begin to do this um, when it comes to ending puppy mill treatment, but also caring for the dogs and then no kill shelters? How do we limit the, the uh, I don't know, I guess the, the, the horrific uh, conditions?
1: Sure. You, you're
0: in luck. So I, I wrote a book called rescue dogs about
1: these very issues. Okay. And, and in them, one of the things that I explain, and this will be, this is critical is how to avoid a black market puppy sale, how to avoid okay. a false rescue. So you're in California. California is a great example for this. Cause you passed a law that says pet stores, they cannot sell puppies that come from breeders, right. but you go to any pet store in California that has puppies and they're all from breeders. So right? what's it's, going on? California did not specify that the store cannot have a monetary interest in or ownership of the puppy. So what happened is that you had USDA-licensed brokers who buy puppies from breeders, and then they send them to stores all over the country. And they said, wait a second, California has a law that says that the puppy can only come from a rescue? fuck it here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna set up a second 501c3 mm, by the paperwork. same puppies it's just pay. It's, literally it's just paperwork so it it is super easy to avoid you go into the pet store and you see that there's a puppy that is eight to ten weeks old same age as a puppy mill puppy is a purebred or designer breed puppy looks like a puppy mill puppy and costs two to four thousand dollars is the price of a puppy mill puppy oh. guess what you are being scammed, right? It's very easy to detect. So I know don't don't think that you have to go rescue them right away. the, the price, they don't kill them. The price drops on them until someone yeah. is going to take them. But California needs to amend that law. And the, the more that laws get passed like that, the more puppy mills get shut down because the less of a market they have. The black yes. market, if if you take a look, if you take a look at states that have passed tougher laws on dog kennels and states that have banned the sale of puppies from pet stores yeah. you will then see that the you that as that happens the euthanasia rate of dogs and shelters and, and cats and shelters decreases okay. because there is a black market but the black market does not fill in the gap to take up that space right it's it's not as easy i mean there. There's literally people, I'm not I'm not exaggerating, and I'm not choosing these two countries out of the air. There's literally people that they take puppies from Hungary and Taiwan, and then they illegally import them, and then they sell them on the streets in New York and LA. That's a thing, right? right? But it's not one for one. And that's why euthanasia rates are decreasing, is because the sale of puppies is decreasing, more people are adopting, and it's less people doing the exact thing you're talking about, which is saying, I don't this thing actually shits, fuck it. And then they take it to their local shelter, right?
0: Never give any animal as a gift unless that person explicitly writes down in a legal letter it would like right. an animal. It's the worst gift ever. Yeah, it's
2: moronic. So yeah. I have a question. Uh, well, Pete, to me, this issue really seems tied to race and wealth. And uh, here's why I think this. For example, um, dog racing, and as you you talked about, is still technically legal uh, because of the people that are doing it, specifically rich white people. But rooster fighting is illegal, even yeah. though we eat roosters. But it's yeah. because of cock the people. Yeah, who does like co- cockfighting? Cock yeah. Who does cockfighting besides me at the clubs? <laughs> Latinos, you know. You know, it's a it's a four thousand year old tradition, for yeah. cockfighting. So my question is, do you see the do you see us going backwards? In the future, as maybe say specifically the country changes leadership or more Latinos come to the country, do you see like them you know rescinding uh, making cockfighting legal again? Do you see, do you see uh, that change is coming? No, no, no. That
1: uh, it, I do not see that happening. That's a really damn good point. That's an excellent, excellent question. Um, I don't see that happening because uh, one of the things is that if they were to say this is not what you think it is. All you got to do is show people what it is. Briefly, uh, listeners, is that you take your battle cocks, you take your rooster, you cut off their rear toe, and then Uh, you stick a knife knife. or a gaff of whatever kind, of whatever length it might be, it might be round and go to a point, or it might be edged with a knife on it, short or long, right? Then you have them start cutting each other, and then what happens is, it's not that they just cut each other and and that one quickly dies, they cut each other. They fall to the ground and then people grab them and then put the roosters' heads in their mouths and blow air into them to give them a last breath. And then they and then they hit each other again. And then they'll don't I've seen people do that 20 times until finally. One is able to stand, and the other's not, and then they both die, they and then there's a winner. Either. Right? So it it is horrific.
0: But the solution this is, is why not- I want nothing but battle bots. I'm actually going to take your solution, Pete. The solution is battle bots. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's robots what we fighting do. for our enjoyment. That's what I want. In 150 years ago, my great great grandson can talk about how robots have rights and how well <laughs> we shouldn't be having them fight for our pleasure. But until then, we're watching robots kill each other.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, it. It. it I, I know it's a joke, but I have to say, is that there is a way. To, to lean into uh, a culture of competition and sports, particularly like boxing, fighting, um, uh, and then lean away from using animals. Absolutely. Without having to shame any particular culture. And, and l- again, law enforcement corruption, the absolute biggest reason that cockfighting happens. You drive around the Midwest, any, it, even on major fucking highways, you look over to the side and you see all of these little uh, uh, barrels Dozens of them on the side of the road, each one with an individual battlecock near it. And they use the barrel for shelter and they're tied to a pole right on the side of the road. There's no way that the local sheriff doesn't see it every
0: day. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is just such a large it is such a important conversation when we talk about the larger thing, as you mentioned, when we talk about, you know, over incarceration rates, over policing, just dehumanization of humans, you know, and then you trickle that down to something like a rooster and you can only imagine the lack of concern or the lack of, uh, you know, also sanitation. I mean, that must be something quite fascinating as well as far as conditions. Um, how many people do you think are getting sick who work in these places? You know, we talk about Amazon. We talk about Jeff Bezos horrible treatment of his workers. And now the workers are complaining. And speaking of robots, he's just going to replace them with that because robots don't piss. To my knowledge, not yet. Not, yet. not unless not you get yet. a really expensive one, and you're in, <laughs> and you're into robot piss. But what what about that aspect of it? When it comes to workers' rights, when it comes to the people who are struggling to make ends meet, the people making minimum wage, if they're lucky, because again, many of them are undocumented. What about the sanitation for the human being?
1: I I think that that people don't uh, understand. People understand working at a slaughterhouse or a farm is is bad. I don't I don't think that they understand. Quite exactly how bad it is is that uh th- there was a f- uh, i've worked undercover at at several egg farms, one of them I worked at in maine uh, in in o nine It was a lot of neglect, and then the local p- police and vets went in to go uh, check the place and then and then check it and then bring charges on the target. Two people got ammonia. Uh, they uh. they they suffered ammonia inhalation and then they started vomiting and then they had to leave and step oh. out of the barns like like I, I was you know I I I think it was I was only six weeks undercover you know at that place but it was in the winter so everything is sealed up tight right. and you know we're wearing masks and we're wearing bandanas um, you try to I, for me I I was what what scared the shit out of me is that I was always trying to pretend like I didn't have to cough and it wasn't burning my lungs and my eyes uh. and everybody else that was there you know I mean. They never had to cough. Like they, it had done all of it had done so much damage to them right. that they had become completely inert to it. You go to a slaughterhouse. I mean, you're soaked just walking around. It's like you take a shower in blood, you know. And when I was at Erath County Dairy Sales that I mentioned, the first task that I was given when I showed up was to pick up those tags with my bare hands out of piles of shit covering the ground. Right, <laughs> and then it's like, all right, now let's. Now let's go to Burger King, you know. Right? I mean, and it was, it, Um, um. So you know uh, th- th- how disgusting it is, and 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 how common, uh, how common E. coli outbreaks are. Uh, that's yeah. a, E. coli outbreaks are a perfectly normal thing. Farms, you know, the the pandemic risk from poultry and hogs is even worse than it is for cattle. Um. So I, I, but but again, it's that the people that are mostly affected by this, uh, they have no platform to speak from. They are mm. largely undocumented workers, and they can't stand up. Uh, for their own rights
0: you know i have to ask how dangerous is this for you when we talk about going undercover um obviously you've been to many different places what happens if one day you know they find out oh shit pete's here we know what he looks like we've we've what we heard him on abe lincoln's top app (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) Uh, how, how dangerous is this
1: um i've uh i've been attacked um i've been uh I, I've had people block me in and I've had people, um, uh, you know, I've had people try to like get into my car and I've, I've been in all of those situations. But the worst of it is that I've been illegally arrested. I, I explain it in, in my book. I've been illegally arrested for a crime I didn't commit for working a cruelty case, a dog, horrible dog neglect case, uh, you know, and the, the puppy miller literally attacked me and had a guard dog uh, attack me. And I was arrested and he wasn't. Mm. Um, and I was just in a situation, uh, I can't, it'll, it'll come to the press soon, but I was just in a situation where I was documenting something. This is just last week. I was documenting something and I knew that the local sheriff was, was knowledgeable of what the target was doing. So when I could tell that someone knew that I was there, I left. And I'm glad that I left because as someone started following me, as soon as I took a right on a highway, here comes the sheriff the other way and goes to go meet the guy, right? So the cops got called on me versus on the target for doing something that was illegal. So whenever I work a cruelty case, I work under the assumption that local law enforcement is going to arrest me for documenting the target. Mm. And and so it's it's not, there is a concern that I could be hurt or that I could be attacked, Um but I mean, you know, it, my main fear is, 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 from the cops. I mean, I get like, when I was filming that guy in Oklahoma, Jason Martin, he steps out of his truck and I'm, I was hiding in the bushes, you know, with a camera thinking, oh shit, here it is. Right. He steps out of the truck. He takes the, the, the rabbit hutch and he puts it on top of the dog cages. And then he takes a hunting rifle out and he puts it right next to it. And he scans the tree line where I'm at. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not just afraid of an animal abuser. I'm afraid of the cop. It's actually doing it, and all of his cop friends. So, uh, you know, that's that's the biggest concern.
0: So, I guess just my my final question. Um, unless Fernando Travis, do you guys have anything else? No, uh, I wanted great. to follow
1: up on on
3: that. You
0: go on,
1: uh,
3: please. Um, you know, I, I know many investigative journalists and they're all miserable, whether they're working in banking or healthcare <laughs> right. or by right. law. Yeah. Environment. So um, you know, I know you can't talk too much about your your own personal life, but how did you get in this work and what, what is it that keeps you going on this?
2: Mm,
0: great
1: question. Um uh j- pure rage is it? no,
2: no. Um <laughs> No, that's a good answer too. <laughs> it drives me every morning.
1: <laughs> no, uh, uh you know, briefly is that I I uh I wanted to originally, I wanted over 20 years ago, I wanted to go into law enforcement and I was studying serial killers at length. And uh, what kind of cinched it for me is that I was, I became vegetarian and then vegan at the same time I was looking at a career in law enforcement and I was an animal activist. And the worst things that I've ever read about serial killers doing to other people, I have, I, I have discovered that I similar or identical things happen to animals, but on a mass scale. Right. And it's that you have all of these cops running around to catch the serial killers and you have a handful of us trying to stop abuse of commercial animals. And we all have to be civilians. So that's what started it. And that's what that's what keeps it going.
0: And the macro as a society sort of talking about what we have to do to improve the macro of the the. The mur- and My final question is sort of going to tie to that too, but the, you know, the kind of the mass murder of, uh, of certain animals. Oftentimes you talk about serial killers, you know, starting with, with animals, you know, yep. pulling, pulling yep. chickens apart and killing dogs and stuff like that. So there is definitely a correlation, uh, between animal cruelty and the potential that uh, that that has when it comes to leading to human cruelty.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. You get completely dis, I mean, I can only imagine what Jason Martin's, you know, teenage daughter is going through and she walks out there and she picks up the sh- a shredded bloody rabbit. And I, I, I mean, to be honest, like I was thinking that as I'm watching it, like who the fuck is this girl? She has to go out there and do that. And then she has to go to school with her friends. Does she talk about that? Like, do right. they ask her how that day was? I mean, that's, that's gotta mess her up.
0: So, uh, so my final question is, I mean, I'm a meat eater. Um, yeah. How do I, what, what ways should I be looking uh, as far as, to eat meat that is, that's raised safe in safe conditions where is there, is there any place, any, I don't know, labels, brands, is there any way to have safe consumption of meat that is not, uh, that that limits the negative footprint?
1: Um, I mean, I, you know, like I mentioned on the, on the, that, that case I did for seed, uh, I, I, I literally watched people remove the animal disease traceability tags to pass off dying animals as organic. And I just, I just came out uh, the case hasn't gone public yet, but I'm I'm dealing with an animal neglect case in Kansas right now, the worst neglect case I've ever seen, where a small family-owned individual farm and I saw dozens of sheep and goats in various stages of decomposition, babies and old animals laying there on the farm because the owner was lazy and just wouldn't feed them. So I would be lying to you and trying to make you feel better if I said, oh yeah, the humane label, because it, no, I mean, doesn't exist. The, 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 the plant, so the, the the other problem with it is that it's like, let's just say you wanted to go the most humane and say, I'm going to hunt. Okay. Let's disregard the ethics of killing an animal. I'm going to hunt. If you wanted to go hunt a deer and use that meat, if we, maybe that would be better for you, but if we all did it. All the deer are dead in a week. we got to start factory farming deer. We're back where we started. So plant-based meat is the sustainable solution versus just a better solution.
2: Okay, so we're talking about eating animals. Um, You know, in my family, we raise pigs, we raise chickens, and we eat them. You know, and they, we give them a good life. I like to massage the pigs. I like to take them for a walk. Okay, but right, I right know there. we're going to eat it. I know. You are right, having right, sex right, right. with those pigs, Fernando, <laughs> which is not good. Pigs cannot give
0: consent, Fernando. <laughs>
2: that is true. But um, I'm talk- what about uh, situations where, say, uh, Henry has talked about this a little bit, but uh, pigs in Hawaii. Pigs huh? are destroying the Hawaiian ecosystem. They're destroying the island. They have to eat the pigs. What about those types of situations? Uh, are you okay with that? How do you feel about that morally?
1: I mean, personally, you know, I'm,
2: I'm from Texas,
1: and in, and in Texas, there's an issue with the same thing, right? Wild, Wild little dogs, hogs. Those, too, right? those yeah.
0: pigs are crazy, man. Wild yeah, dogs. they
1: are. They, they'll <laughs> fuck you up, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I personally, uh, I, I would like to see them Uh, efforts to sterilize them that would be more humane. But I understand why people would remove an invasive species. But And this is where we kind of circle back around to where we started in this discussion. What I do not see is an excuse to look at that and say, they must be here for a reason, so I'm going to exploit them. So instead of just removing them as an invasive species or being humane, I'm going to lock them up, farm them, and then exploit them for food, right? It's not good for the environment. It's not good for the animals. No, that's um, detrimental. Yeah,
0: you know, yeah exactly.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think you can just let every situation go. Uh, clearly not. Of course no, that, not. That wouldn't yeah, work. That yeah. wouldn't
0: be. All right. Well, just the last question, Pete. What animal do you hate the most? <laughs> if you didn't ah, have to see an animal getting you know, eaten by a fat Ben Kissel, yeah. hammered. Packers just okay, won the Super Bowl.
1: You know, what animal you know, am I, 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 I just do not trust koala bears you just they got they have to, they, they, that's the they, biggest answer ever they've got Whoa. to be hide you cannot be that cute they have to be hiding <laughs> something
0: there is there's something going on I can see you dressed as a koala bear going undercover as a koala bear trying to figure out the koala, whatever scandal is happening to the koala They're bear. Up to something. <laughs> oh, Pete Paxton, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It's so important and it's good for me. I got to hear this stuff as well and, and remember these things because um, it's, unless you remind yourself, it's not, as you talked about, there's a multi-billion dollar industry telling us uh, eat more chicken, mm-hmm. says the cow, and every right. every pork restaurant has a happy pig outside. And so we're constantly inundated with the positive uh, angle. And I think that uh, you bring to light so very important, important, um, I don't know, just pieces of information we should include in our daily thoughts, um, which I will. Uh, so thank you so much for being on the show.
1: I greatly appreciate it. Y'all are the best. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: All right, there it was, everyone. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Top Hat. Uh, we we hit you with a lot of information this week. We had a little bonus episode because I was like, I need to talk more. And uh, so thank you guys both for, by the way, hopping in uh, th- for doing so much work this week. Fernando and Travis, thank you. And uh, yeah, anything else? I I have a question. You asked Pete what
2: his uh, least favorite animal was. What about you, Ben?
0: I can't believe Pete went with koala bear. I do. I think <laughs> they do carry chlamydia. They have syphilis, and they're all going to die syphilis. from syphilis. <laughs> uh, I would have to say least favorite animal. If I have to choose a least favorite animal, ooh, it's tough. It's gonna be weird. I'm gonna go with. Oh no, not the beaver. Like a good beaver. Like a badger. Uh, like a good. I'm gonna go rat. Really? I'm going to go rat because I had a rat in my house in uh, in uh, New York, and I have PTSD, and it ate my clothes, and I'm pretty sure it ended a relationship of mine as well. So, Travis, least favorite animal. Oh, my
3: God. Um, Can't say rat. It's been taken. Okay. Well, I was always weird you were going to say raccoon, and I was like, no, man, no, you stay <laughs> no. away from my raccoons. Those are your that's, animals. My, that's my favorite animal. I know. Um, all right. Uh, least favorite animal. I am going to go ahead. I am going to say Manatee, I'm handed with Whoa. their bullshit. The what cows the- of the sea, let's put them back to work. You you want to reduce the pollution from cows? You got to start hiring more sea cows.
0: So, sea cows, <laughs> okay. Manatees, rat manatee, and uh, Fernando. I hate shrimp. You know what? That's fine. <clears throat> acceptable. They're, they're gross. They're they look gross. No, I'm. They. I, I see cockroaches. I'm with you. I'm with you. I will eat a yum, shrimp yum, every yum. now and again, but mm-hmm, they're nasty. Mm. All right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're being safe out there and uh, can't wait to see you all on the road. We'll have those dates for you real soon. So, okay, everyone, hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You
1: can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.